0: Miss to, to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle
2: Hour. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Glad to have you with us today, Kelly and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Glad you're with us around the state, wherever you're tuned in on a Super Talk affiliate or of course online at supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com. Supertalk.fm.com and uh, all sorts of uh, platforms throughout the afternoon. Glad to have you with us. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit as it is every day. Great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour and a great weekend for you to enjoy some delicious barbecue at Dickey's. All right, we're going to be talking to Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald later, but as we've been promoting all week, we are very happy to have former Southern Miss head coach and head coach at North Carolina, Larry Fedora, on the show with us. And uh, Coach Fedora, great pleasure to have you on the Eagle Hour, and uh, thank you, sir,
1: for your time.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Bob. I'm excited to be on here, and uh, Kelly, it's, uh, it's been a long time.
1: It has, Coach. How's uh, Dylan doing, first of all? Your son, Dylan Fedora, who played at Oak Grove High School here locally.
0: Yeah, he's doing fine. He uh, lives out in Austin, Texas, and, uh, you know, he just uh Living life right
1: now. There's a pretty good college football team in in Austin, Texas. I hear tell.
0: Yeah, not bad. Not
2: bad. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, we're really happy to have you on the show. We've been promoting it all week, and we know that our listeners around the state of Mississippi are are really happy to hear from you. And uh, before we get into your uh, history at Southern Miss and all the things we want to ask you about, I do want to mention this reunion that your 2011. Conference championship team is having. We talked to your former punter yesterday, and Austin Davis uh, going to be on the show Monday. Uh, I'm sure you're excited to get back with these uh, young men, and uh, boy, that was some football team you put together in 2011.
0: Well, it was. It was a it was a pretty special team, to be honest with you, from top to bottom, and uh, they had a, a tremendous bond and a tremendous work ethic, and uh, you know they uh, had kind of a chip on their shoulder and that's the way they played the game. And, and, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a, that's the reason we were successful.
2: You know, your last two years, I, I was reading this morning, your team went 20 and seven and you know, it really just it sort of got to the mountaintop on uh, the day that you played number six Houston. And they were just being promoted like crazy on ESPN all through the, <laughs> all through the pregame. And we've talked to a number of your guys from that team and, uh, they said they could tell early on, uh, looking in the eyes of the Houston players, that they realized that this wasn't going to turn out like they thought. And uh, they credit you with that. They say you really had that team motivated, and uh, they just felt unbeatable when they went on the field that day. What was the key that day, Coach?
0: Well, i tell you. I mean, first of all, we had really good players, and, and they were a close team. They cared about each other. They loved each other, and they played hard for each other. And like I said, that chip on their shoulder was the key. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll never forget – the night before, we would always take the team to a movie. And, uh, you know, so we all went to the movie, and we got back on the buses, and ESPN was on the TVs, and they were talking about championship Saturday. And, uh, you know, they went through, and they had they had everybody's uh, logo on there, and they were talking about each conference. And they got down to Conference USA, and they started talking about Houston. And then when it was time to talk about Southern Miss, they didn't say a word. And I'm sitting in the front seat and uh one of uh, one of our players in the back he stood up on everybody and i mean had a few choice words to say and it, at that point i kind of smiled i knew there wasn't gonna we weren't gonna need to do anything you know i mean our, our guys were ready to play and they were excited and they were gonna they were gonna prove that too many people you know they had they to kind of took on the slogan that they don't know and uh people just didn't know how good we were
2: right and you had the best quarterback on the field that day is that fair to say
0: uh, on that day, we did, you know, and and uh, I, I tell you what, I've got a lot of respect for Case Keenum, and and obviously what he did afterwards, and I thought he was deserving of being at the Heisman that year, uh, but uh, I think because of that game, it didn't happen, and and uh, Austin Davis outplayed him that day. He really did, and and uh, our defense had something to say about that. I will assure you,
1: right, Coach? When you first got the job at Southern Miss, you you, you come as a as a coordinator at at Okie State. Sometimes when coordinators get elevated to the head coaching position, it gets lost in translation. There are some guys that that really struggle, you know, from the coordinator position going to the head coach position. But it seemed to fit you like a glove. What was it about your skill set? In retrospect, you think that that attracted Southern Miss to you?
0: Well, I mean, I'm not sure. You know, people kind of tend to forget. I mean, we were we were I think we were two and six uh, at the beginning. You know, and. uh Coach Bowers had just won every year for you know about fifty eight years, and so uh, you know there were a lot of people doubting, doubting and uh, wondering why they hired me. But uh, you know we finally got it going and ended up winning that year and going to a bowl game and won the bowl game and kind of that kind of kickstarted us and got us going. And so you know it was just uh, I had spent a long time I've been coaching for a while and. uh, had prepared myself to be a head coach and, and uh, I knew I had some opportunities before Southern Miss, but I didn't ever feel that they were the right thing. But uh, when uh, Richard Giannini called about Southern Miss, I knew that was the school for me and uh, I was excited to go and then hired a good staff and we took off from there.
1: In the midst of that two and six start though, was there ever a time candidly that you thought for even a second, Oh boy, maybe this isn't what I thought it was going to be.
0: Well, i tell you what I, I, yeah, sure. You, at at night, you know, every night when you went to bed, those uh, thoughts would creep into your head, but you know, I was uh I had a firm feeling about the philosophy and I knew it was a good philosophy, I knew it would work. Uh and uh I knew if we stuck with it, we would be okay. You know, and the the, the easy part about it is we we had uh we had guys on that football team uh you know that uh just believed, that they really did and the seniors bought in and and you know, they were the ones, no matter what, they, they never gave in, and, and eventually we got it going.
2: Coach, you did replace Jeff Bauer, and you're right. Jeff Bauer had been here a long time. He was a Southern Miss guy. He had won a lot. What sort of uh, pressure did that add to the, to the job for you, if any?
0: Well, for me, it, it really didn't. I mean, but if you listen to the talk shows and if you read the newspaper and uh, all of those things, it, it would have created a lot of pressure. But uh, you know, I, I knew that. I, I just felt comfortable with what we were doing. I had, uh, I had confidence, and, and I believed in what we were doing. I believed in our system, and I knew eventually it would work. And uh, lucky for us, it, it happened about midway through that season. I'm gonna
2: give you. Two, I'm gonna give you two stats, and I, I want you to comment on both. And, and I, I gathered both of those this morning. You produced overall the four most prolific offenses in program history at Southern Miss. But you also graduated players at the highest rate in school history uh, in your tenure here, Coach.
0: Well, you know, we, all, we were proud of the fact that we, we were selling both. You know, we were selling the opportunity to come to a great school, of great tradition, and get a great education. And uh, that was something that we promised every uh, mother, grandmother, father that we talked with. And, uh, you know, we were committed to that. And our guys came in, and and it was kind of a no-nonsense approach. You were going to go to class, and you were here to get a degree. And uh, we were going to play, you know, great football on top of that. And so I'm proud of the fact of that. I'm proud for those guys, and I'm proud of what they're doing now in life.
2: How do you you get that high graduation rate? Jeff Bauer, we should say, had a really high graduation rate himself. But, but what do you do as a head coach to ensure that that happens? Because clearly, the, you know, clearly what's on the mind of these kids is playing football.
0: Sure. Well, we had really good academic support people. And as coaches, we supported them. You know? And, and uh, the way I did things was that you know if you were the quarterback coach, uh, you know, which was Blake Anderson, and you were in charge of the quarterbacks, and that meant you were in charge of everything they did, both on the field and off, and I held you responsible for that. And so if you were the O-line coach or the D-line coach, you were responsible for your guys. And that meant you were responsible for what they did on campus, off campus, at home, anywhere. And that's a lot of pressure on an assistant coach. But those guys took pride in it. And, uh, you know, we had very few problems during that time.
1: When coaches become coaches, they take bits and pieces of men who have influenced them throughout their career. Is there one particular coach, Larry Fedora, that – had a bigger influence on you than any other, and if so, who?
0: You know, I'm, I've been, uh, you know, it's kind of like that That uh, when you see a turtle on a fence post, you know, he didn't get there by himself. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> me. I, I mean, there, there are so many people uh, that have been involved in my that that helped me get to where I got to. I mean, and that started, you know, when I was coaching high school ball, a guy by the name of Scott Smith. Uh, and then on to Grant Taff and, and Fisher DeBerry, Chuck Reedy and and uh, Andy McCollum and, and Ron Sook and uh, you know just all these guys that I coached under and then also coached with and you know you it's not that every coach you're with is a, a great coach but you learn things that you want to do whenever you get that opportunity and you also learn things you don't want to do you know and so you learn in every situation and I was very fortunate to be around some really good coaches.
2: We're talking to former head football coach Larry Fedora, also the head coach at the University of North Carolina. Coach, if you can hang with us, we've got a short break. We want to talk to you about the current state of college football and some other matters. Are you good with that? You bet. Coach Larry Fedora, everybody on the Eagle Hour. We're excited to have him. We know you're excited to hear from him, and we'll continue our conversation right on the other side of the break.
0: To the top, Top. top. you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey,
2: glad you're with us on a Friday afternoon. We're talking to former head coach Larry Fedor. Glad to have him on the Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. It's a great place to go for all your Southern Miss apparel, for yourself, for your house, for your car. They're open six days a week on Hardy Street. You can also shop them online at CampusBookmart.net. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald joining us in the next segment. But we want to do another segment with Coach Larry Fedora while we've got him. And, uh, Coach, I want to to tell you something I read this morning on Wikipedia uh, about you, and and I wanted to see if you would comment on that. It said that in 2018, you were pretty critical of a proposed kickoff uh, rule change that was being discussed in football. And you said you feared the game would get pushed so far to one extreme that people wouldn't recognize the game in ten years. Does that still concern you, Coach Fedora?
0: Well, I think that with everything that you see that's happening in college football, the, uh, not just the rules on the field, but the things that are happening off the field, I don't think it's ever going to be the same. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the two-paces out of the tube, I mean, it's never going back. And so it's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the direction that, uh, that college football goes.
2: Right. And that leads me to this question, and I've been waiting all week to hear your observation of this new rule that allows uh, players basically to make money. We see that the University of Miami has a, an entire team sponsor now. I read this morning, this is hard to believe, and this is not football related, but there's a young lady at the LSU that is a gymnast that may get a million-dollar endorsement. What do you think this is going to do to college football? And do you, do you like this or, or dislike this, Coach? Uh,
0: you know, it's hard. Right. You know, I mean, am I, am I happy that uh, the players are going to be compensated in some way? I guess I am. Uh, but I don't. You know, with the cost of attendance and the changes that they had made in the last few years, there were no players that I knew of that, that either played for me or that I was familiar with that were hurting financially. I mean, uh, they all had money. They were all eating good. They were all being taken care of. You know, now it's, uh, you know, I've got no idea where this thing's going now, and I'm not sure anybody does. You know, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's very interesting. It's it's really interesting. I mean, when you see these, uh, you know, so what's happening out there with some of these players and some of these teams, and we're just at the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you haven't heard what's going to happen to the players uh you know, in the SEC or in the ACC, and, the, you know, you haven't heard from a lot of these schools yet what's going to happen. So it's, uh, it's really interesting. I know every coach and AD out there is trying to figure it out and trying to figure out what they need to do because it all boils down to recruiting. And I think now you got kids that are going to sit in that living room and they're going to just want to know what the number is, you know, how much money am I going to make. And uh, they're going to go to the highest bidder, and that's where they're going to end up.
2: And that's completely different than what you've done in your career in recruiting, right?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you, you, you never talked about money. Uh, you, you, all you talked about were the opportunities and the and the education that you were going to provide, and and uh, you know the the connections and the the network that they were going to make uh, within the university and all those things. And so, you know, it's uh, I, th- I think it's totally different now. I, I'm not sure that. Uh, you know, that many kids will be looking for that family atmosphere as much as they are going to be looking at
1: that bottom line. I think at Southern Miss, it's, it goes without saying we couldn't talk about money because we don't have any. <laughs>
0: you <know>? Well, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're right. You, you didn't. But back then, when at least when I was there, that that wasn't a concern. That's not what people want to do. People wanted to win. And, uh, you know, if they had an opportunity to win and get a good education and uh, they were, you know, held accountable for what they did. I think uh, they were, they were, they were happy about
1: it. Coach Fedora, one of the things that people still talk about so so much so that that I'm not sure what's fact and what's fiction was when the Hawaii Bowl your your last year. You know, you guys went to play at the Hawaii Bowl. Some people thought you guys should have gone to Dallas. You know, there was just all kinds of stuff out there as to how that all how that all came down. Could you just tell us, you know, fact sure. or fiction?
0: Well, yeah, that, be, that was the year that, uh, you know, there was a clause in the uh, in the bowl there at Memphis, you know, the Liberty Bowl, that uh, they, they could they could take somebody besides the champion of Conference USA that year. And so we, you know, Richard Giannini came to me and said, we're not going to be able to go to the Liberty Bowl. And he said, you know, there's a bowl in Dallas, there's a Hawaii bowl, and there was one other one that he, you know, he proposed, and he said, we're going to let you and the team make that decision, you know, because the team was, they weren't. They were they weren't you know they were let down that they were going to go represent Conference USA in the Liberty Bowl, and uh, so we talked about it as a team and and um, we made the decision and, and Richard allowed me to make that decision and we uh, chose to go to Hawaii and it, I mean and I don't regret it I'll be honest with you I mean we we had uh, you know maybe 110 115 guys on that football team and some of them they had the time of their life. And they may never have that opportunity to ever go to Hawaii again in their lives. And so it was just an extraordinary opportunity and extraordinary time for them. And you know we were a, a really good football team, and that was their, you know, that was their reward at the end of the season. And so I'm, I'm you know, I'll never look back on that decision. I, 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 no one will ever convince me that it was, a, you know, the wrong decision.
1: You know, it's interesting you say that because I've traveled with different uh, teams, you know, as a play-by-play. Uh person over time and when teams have been to places where an ocean is nearby it's almost always on the agenda and I mentioned to coach Steve Knight at William Carey one time I said what what's the infatuation with the ocean you know I I made that observation and he said he said you may not believe this but he said about 90 percent of these kids have never even seen uh, I, I
2: believe that completely. I took uh, years ago a softball team to the state tournament on the Gulf Coast, and there were five or six kids on that team that were just—they were enamored. They had never seen the Gulf of Mexico in their lives. So yeah, that—that's a big part of it. And a coach yeah. to give them an opportunity uh, me, to do there, something.
0: It, it, it's you know that's the reward at the end of the season for those kids, and for them to be able to go to Hawaii, something that, like I said, some of them would never ever do that in their life. I mean, they'll always have that. And you talk to any of them and when when we get together in November, they'll talk about that trip and the fun they had and and, and I can assure you if I would have talked them into going to Dallas, it it would not have been the same experience and and I would have regretted that for. Them.
2: How how forward are you looking to to being back with these guys here in in November, coach?
0: Well, I'm I'm really excited and I'm so glad that uh Peter, Peter's been a big part of that, Peter Baim and and uh you know, the athletic department is wanting to recognize the team. And so, you know, it's been great hearing from the guys and, and, you know, they've already started the, okay, you know, who was best, the offense, or the defense, <laughs> and, and, and the arguments have already started. And, uh, you know, they keep reaching out to me. All right, coach go ahead and set the story straight. Our defense was the best or our offense was the best, you know. And so it's been a lot of fun reconnecting with those guys. It really has. And I can't wait to see them.
2: Well, let me just tell you now, uh, we're going to get back in touch with you prior to that. We'd love to get you back on our show when you get in town for that, uh, you know, if you think you'll have time for that. But before we before we wrap up the interview, I want to bring up this point. You took the school to the mountaintop in 2011. Uh, One of your uh, predecessors, Todd Munkin, uh, took the school back to the championship game about four or five years later. I'm sure you guys know each other. And uh, certainly you two go down as as two of the great coaches that ever came here. And there's now a new regime in place. Uh, You know, if you were asked to give advice uh, to the new coaching staff about how do you get Southern Miss back where they were, what would your advice be, Coach Fedora?
0: Well, you know, I have had the opportunity to talk to Will a few times on the phone. I'm really excited for him, and I think he's going to do a great job. I really do. You know, I, I mean, my advice would be, hey, you know, believe in what you believe in, you know, and don't falter from it. It's not going to always be, uh, you know, an easy path. Just stick with what you believe and don't worry about what everybody's saying, and and you'll get them there. I mean, Will's a Mississippi guy. He, he understands – what uh you know how important football is at southern miss and uh he he understands what it's going to take and i you know as long as he sticks to his guns and and uh works hard every day and and coaches those kids hard cares about them he's going to have success
1: final question i have for you coach we talked about your son dylan we would be remiss if we didn't talk about your lovely daughters um and i would imagine as you've been you've been blessed with some some beautiful kids but I would imagine when your daughters brought a date home, that those guys would have been terrified knowing <laughs>
0: that their well, date's they, they dead. Do blame, they do blame me for that, <laughs> actually. Uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is I wasn't home a lot. I was always, uh, I was always working and coaching. and so. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's been – I've got a great family. I've got my son, Dylan, and then Sydney and Peyton, and Hallie, and uh, – you know, Sydney actually uh, lives in Nashville and lives with a girl there from uh, from Hattiesburg, and, and still has a lot of friends up in the Nashville area from Hattiesburg, and so, you know, and I, I've got so many dear friends there in Hattiesburg, and and uh, can't wait to get back. To be honest with you, it's, it's been a great place, and like I said, I worked for, you know, I worked for one of the greatest athletic directors in the country, in Richard Giannini. I was very fortunate to to be able to do that, and and. Uh, so Hattiesburg has got a great, you know, it's got a soft spot in our hearts, and it always will. It's, it's always going to be one of our favorite places.
2: Hey, Coach Fedora, we're grateful to you for coming on the show. We had a great conversation. Really, really enjoyed uh, speaking with you. Hope that we can do that again soon. And on behalf of all Southern Miss people that listen to the show around the country, thank you for all you did to, uh, to better the football program at Southern Miss.
0: Well, thank you so much. And, and guys, anytime you all want me, I'll be on.
2: All right, Coach. Coach Larry Fedora, everybody, former head football coach, University of Southern Mississippi. Great conversation, Kelly Sanner.
1: Oh, he was a lot of fun. That exuberance and energy is what was showed on the sidelines, and it showed in his players, too. We'll be back.
0: and miss to the top.
2: Our thanks to former head football coach Larry Fedor for a very entertaining and I think great conversation. Really do appreciate Coach's time. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. What a great place uh, to go for lunch five days a week and what a great place it would be tonight to go watch a Major League Baseball game and enjoy the best pool boy sandwich you'll find anywhere in Hattiesburg. 4th Street Bar and Grill. Appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. All right, we're going to go down to the Gulf Coast. Patrick McGee, sports editor for the Biloxi Sun Herald, joining us on a Friday. I had my days mixed up this week and uh, kind of messed Patrick around, but we've got it straight, and he was willing to come on today. And we're glad. Great timing, Patrick. We just uh, finished a pretty extensive interview with uh, with Larry Fedor, who was thirty four and nineteen in his tenure here at Southern Miss, twenty and seven. Uh, in his last two years, and of course finished with a conference championship win over the number sixth ranked team in the country. Looking back, what, what imprint did Larry Fedora leave on the Southern Miss football program, Patrick?
3: Well, I, I, it's a good question, and, and we could really kind of get deep into it, but I, I think at no time throughout Southern Miss' uh, football history has have more people been talking about, were, were more people talking about, Southern Miss football. Then when and Larry Fedora arrived, in the in the four years that followed, um, it was it was a time where there there was really kind of a, a excitement with it was at a pretty good high. I mean, there's a, been a lot of seasons where Southern Miss fans were engaged and going to games, but it just seemed like it was a different level whenever Larry Fedora came in. He had that kind of uh, that charisma and the energy that really a lot of fans kind of craved. Uh, and you know Jeff Bauer obviously was a big time winner at Southern Miss, but he was somebody that kind of you know he liked coaching football. He didn't really want to kind of create, you know, I mean he he just wanted to focus on the game. But Larry Fedora, he knew there was a little bit of a kind of a uh, uh, Hollywood, <laughs> I guess, right? I guess you could say. And it was just it was a it was a big change. And I, I think the way they recruited and the level of talent they brought in, it really kind of. Uh, put Southern Miss football in a on a level that we really haven't seen since, or even uh, previously, in terms of going out and getting uh, pretty good level recruits.
0: Well, no
2: question, and you make the you made a very interesting point, and it brought back memories of of tailgating with my family and friends uh, at a couple of uh, homecoming games and big games on the campus uh, during Fedora's tenure and. Patrick, I mean, the place was a buzz with fans. I mean, it was the campus was crowded, the uh, atmosphere was there, and uh, it was electric in the football stadium.
3: Yeah, it, I mean, fans were engaged because uh, they thought you know they they could really compete and hang with anybody. And so the miss has always kind of had that back over the last two or three decades under Bobby Collins, uh, you know, and Curly Hallman. I mean, it's it's been there, but it, it just it felt different uh, under Larry Fedora. At least their, you know, post you know nineteen ninety. You know, uh, so, I mean, it was it was a time, you know, I remember looking back to that uh, game whenever they hosted Virginia and won that game. Uh, that was really kind of the last time. Well, it's not, you know, we can kind of count the Mississippi State game, but any time you bring in State, you're going to have a packed stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking back on that Virginia game was kind of a moment to where you saw people really plugged in and just absolutely wanted to be at that game. And it was, uh, to me, that that that's a game I look back to as, as, a, as a high point in, and fan interest, I really don't don't even look back to, say, uh, 2015 in that Mississippi State game.
2: Right. 20-7 and seven in his last two years. And in his final game, they had just demolished the number six ranked team in the country. And as we pointed out to him, Todd Munkin got the program back to the championship game right. about five years later. But really, nobody's gotten it back to the level that Fedora left it at. Fair to say?
3: No, no, it it really has. I mean, Southern Miss football, you know, that one season with Todd Munkin was really kind of, you felt like, uh, okay, here we go again. we're kind of getting back to a point to where fans are excited and you're playing at a really high level. Uh, uh, but you know, obviously <laughs> Ellis Johnson happening and Jay Hopson, you know, kind of got him back to being competitive, but it was just, it just felt like pl- things really plateaued and fell off last year. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, The Larry Fedora days are definitely the good old days right now.
2: (laughs) No question. All right. You got an article coming out uh, first of next week. You're talking about five breakout players uh, that the Golden Eagle fan base could see this year. And I know you're not going to reveal everything about your article. You want people to to go to it Monday, but kind of give us a preview, Patrick.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, here recently, I've done a lot of kind of breaking down and talking to, to Will Hall and Austin Armstrong, the defensive coordinator and going through really position by position and, and going over all these uh, new players, that, uh, transfers they've brought in. Uh, it's all been behind the paywall, so I appreciate everybody that subscribed uh, to the Sun Herald, Sun Herald here recently. So what I'm going to do on Monday is a piece where I'm um, um, listing the top five guys just after all the conversations and you look at the big picture uh, where you see some of these new guys and, and one or two guys that are returning. And, you know, who, who, under Will Hall, who is going to be the guy that? Who are going to be the guys that really kind of step up and, and take advantage of the opportunity in that first season and really thrive under that new Will Hall staff? So, I picked out five and I'll probably throw in a you know a five more to watch or something like that. Some other guys keeping an eye on. But uh, it's you know there'll be some obvious characters, but maybe some other guys that people aren't necessarily thinking about right now.
2: How do people access your articles? I think they ought to know that.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we're actually, I mean, just a little tidbit here lately. The, uh, the Sun-Herald's been sending out special deals. I think they usually send them out. On my, uh, if you follow Sun-Herald on Twitter, uh, you'll see the occasional deal that will pop up. It'll be like four—you know, like July 4th. I think we had some $4 deal. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. Always keep an eye on. You know, I'm smart. I try to look for the good deals. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But if they go to sunherald.com, and the best way to show that Southern Miss fans support Uh, our coverage there at the Sun Herald is to subscribe through one of my stories. One of my stories is behind the uh, paywall, because once people do that, it immediately registers all the way up to the big wigs in McClatchy, uh, which is our parent company, owns the Kansas City Star, the Miami Paper, uh, a bunch of different – so the more people that subscribe to uh, our our coverage at the Sun Herald, the more it it registers with uh, people in charge knowing that that Southern Miss coverage – is something worth investing in. So and,
2: and nobody covers to, Southern Mess like Patrick McGee. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Patrick. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no,
3: it. no. I, it, interrupt me anytime time if you want to praise me. I'm
2: fine. No, go ahead. Finish what you were going to say, though.
3: No, no. i am just say, if you just subscribe uh, through one of my paywall stories, and that really kind of registers uh, uh, all the way up the chain. All
1: right. Yeah, and, when you, and really, when you think about it, we had a guest um, on the show earlier this week, Patrick, and unsolicited, as he was walking out the door, he said, thank goodness for the Sun-Herald. And I said, well, what do you mean? That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah he, said, he said, well, you know, Hattiesburg American doesn't hardly cover Southern Miss at all, and it's right here in the backyard, and Clarion Ledger has gotten to be, in his opinion, you know, kind of a, another mouthpiece for the SEC, as if it needs another mouthpiece. So you do have a lot of, uh, a lot of fans and, and supporters out there. Um, I, I'm just wondering, though, it's one thing to be excited and optimistic about the season, but are, are we going overboard with the expectations? I mean, with a, a new coaching staff coming in here, and, and even though they have said there's a lot of talent on board and more than right. more than they expected, are we over expecting?
3: Uh, well, no, I'm, I'm not somebody that I'm not somebody that's pumping up expectations. I, I think five or six wins this season is a realistic goal. Uh, you know, If you get to bowl eligibility, that is a major success, and your number one Will Hall. Uh, I've explained to, to Bob and everybody else that, that, that so Southern Miss is in a position to where, it, if you look back on the college baseball season, you had a bunch of guys come back. You saw Louisiana Tech full of like five- and six-year seniors, and Southern Miss had a few of those guys. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of guys at some of these other programs within Conference USA uh, there's the potential to see more depth on some of these other teams in conference USA compared to a Southern Miss coming in. I think Southern Miss is okay depth, depth wise, just just via the transfer portal and guys they brought in. But I think some of these other teams are going to have more depth. So what's got to happen for Southern Miss is they've got to have a, a you know a kind of a a season where they stay especially healthy and the guy have the guys they've brought in making you know an outsized impact. Uh, so, it's, it's a lot of things have got to go right for Southern Miss to say you hit that six or seven win
1: mark. And, I, and I, uh, so I, I, I'll tell you, too, Patrick, I think one guy that they have to keep healthy is is Trey Lowe. Now, I've been right. talking about Trey Lowe f- for a while. And then the, mm-hmm. the performance that he had this spring, where he maybe overperformed, but in Will right. Hall's system, it seems to be a much better fit, you know, coming from West Virginia. I think Lowe has a chance to be a real stud. At Southern Miss.
3: yeah, I think I th- you know I'm not I'm not going uh, to have him all conference or anything, but he's got a chance to be a good quarterback at conference you I think uh, it, you, what's so weird about this is that Trey Lowe has never had a football spring practice. This was his first spring practice uh, this season. The high school uh, at West Virginia, he was always playing baseball in the spring. Uh, so this is kind of an opportunity for him to really have a, a you know a good year and a half devoted to. To college football, to where he can maybe thrive. I think we saw a little bit of a sign of what we can expect out of him against FAU. He had a good spring. He can be better, uh, but yeah, if he gets hurt, that really puts Southern Miss in a very tough position. Even if Ty Keys comes in and sets the world on fire, you want to have three or four quarterbacks, and 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 I, you know, outside of Low and Keys, it's it's hard to see anybody really capable of stepping stepping in, say, starting you know five or six ball games. Best
2: sports writer in Mississippi, Patrick McGee. And uh, you should subscribe uh, just like he uh, encouraged you to do during the course of the interview. Patrick, we appreciate you sharing your Friday with us. We'll have you back on your regular spot next week. And uh, thank you for all you do for the Eagle Hour.
3: All right. Yeah, thank you all, guys. Y'all do a great job.
2: All right. Patrick McGee, everybody. Biloxi's son, Harold, the best sports writer for Southern Miss sports. No question. Going to wrap it up. Got a special guest in the studio. Really special guest, Kelly Sanders We'll be back.
0: For the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
2: I want to thank Patrick McGee and Larry Fedora for giving us a delightful Friday afternoon show. I know Kelly's enjoyed it uh, just as much as I have. Uh, really, really fun talking to these guys, right, Kelly?
1: Yeah, you know, Larry Fedora, when he was early on the job, I was saying his son Dylan, you know, played football right over here at Oak Grove High School, and he came up, I was doing play by play for Super Talk. with Oak Grove and Larry Fedora, you know, came up into the booth and sat next to me and was talking to me. And all of a sudden, there were like this flood of people around the press box. And I was thinking, oh, you want to see the old Sandman, huh? I don't think. (laughs) No, no. They were all all there to get Coach Fedora's (laughs) autograph. So,
2: (laughs) All right, Kelly, you got a little baseball news from the Golden Eagle camp.
1: Yeah, there's uh, lots of things going on in college baseball today, Bob, as the season now officially over, coaches making changes and so on. But Southern Miss has lost An assistant coach, Nick Amarotti, who has been hired by the University of Kentucky as an assistant coach up there, the volunteer assistant coach. Of course, he was played at Mississippi State as a catcher, but was very instrumental in this past season uh, in helping the Golden Eagles get to where they were. So we wish Nick Amarotti... Best of luck as he travels to Lexington, Kentucky, where he will now become a Kentucky Wildcat. In other baseball teams across the South, Nichols has named a new head coach. Mike Silva has been named the head coach of the Colonels. Silva for the last year was the associate head coach at Louisiana Tech under a former uh, Southern Miss coach. Who's And I, I always forget the coach's name <laughs> at Louisiana Tech. Um, somebody will text it to me of. Uh, Anyway, I'm not going to help. Yeah. Mike Mike Silva. Now the head coach at Nichols and Seth Thibodeau, who was at Nichols for a long, long time, has now gone to Louisiana Lafayette, where he will be an assistant coach there. There Lane Burroughs is the name I couldn't come up with. Thank you. And I never come up with Lane Burroughs, name. But Seth Thibodeau now at Louisiana Lafayette uh, from Nichols State, where he served as a head coach for a long time. In fact, the baseball field at Nichols is named after Coach Thibodeau. He got fired the past season going to Louisiana Lafayette. And Southern Miss golfer Valentina Hout. She's a graduate now of Southern Miss, but becomes the first woman with Southern Miss ties to play in an LPGA event. She's playing this weekend at the 2021 Marathon Classic in Sylvania, Ohio. So another Golden Eagle breaking uh, a barrier there. The first uh, female golfer in Southern Miss history to play in an LPGA event. We wish Valentina the best of luck.
2: All right, former Southern Miss great Austin Davis, NFL quarterback, now quarterback coach with the um, with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Coaches Russell Russell Wilson. Wilson. But, I, but, Wilson. I, but I wasn't going to help. I caught the Kelly problem here. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to help. Coaches uh <laughs> Russell Wilson. He'll he'll be on the show Monday, and then the perfect ten. The one of the really great college quarterbacks in NCAA history fair to say and Reggie Collier and future. certainly
1: great but I don't know if he would be as great as this guest that we have in the studio right no, we're
2: now we're a very special guest in the studio actually making his second appearance on the Eagle Hour and this is Towns Joseph Getty from Jacksonville Florida Towns how are you today uh-oh, shine is come on now, you got to speak up. This is your big opportunity. He's pulling a Cindy Brady on us. Yeah, you know? yeah, he won't talk. He's got his hands covered, uh, covering his mouth. Towns was entertained earlier today, as, as I was, uh, by Kelly, who, those of you that don't know him, Kelly's a pretty entertaining guy in a strange, strange way. Yes. And uh, he pulled, a, pulled one of his odd riddles with us uh, earlier today. Uh, Towns, uh, were you a little amazed the way I was about the riddle Kelly pulled? Yes. It was very odd, wasn't it? Okay, you supposed to
1: say yes again. Yes, yeah, say yes again. Yes. Okay, <laughs> Kelly, what did you do? Can you explain that real quick? Obviously, this the the lack of of uh, willingness to speak must come from the the mother's side. It is. Right? Yes, it doesn't come from my side.
2: <laughs> Certainly, for yeah. sure. Because if I couldn't speak, I couldn't make a living. That's about all I know how to but, do. But
1: controversy running amok in the Getty family where Towns lives in Jacksonville. And I asked him if he was a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. And, of course, I expected him to say no. He said no. And I said, well, then, obviously, being a Getty, you must be a fan of the Washington Redskins. But he said. What did you say, Towns? Yes?
2: No. <laughs> Oh, it's heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. Well, i got plenty of time to work on him. He's going to be here for about 10 days. So it, just, uh, it just
1: shows you how much smarter kids are today than they were back
2: <laughs> then. <Right. laughs> they know better than to yeah. get involved with the Redskins or the Bengals or or teams like it. Well, Towns, we're glad to see you, and uh, next time try not to talk so much, okay? Towns?
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> So we had a yes, a yes, a no, and an okay. okay. Is there anything else you'd like to say? We have about 30 seconds left. He's probably out of gas because he's been running that
2: mouth the whole hour. hour.
1: Have you got anything else you'd like to contribute to the show? What are your thoughts on global thermonuclear war, Towns? That's what I thought. Like most of America. (laughs)
2: Oh, that was it right there. Well, we appreciate Towns' input on the show. Boy. And uh, we appreciate Larry Fedora's input. That was a great interview, wasn't it? That was fun.
1: Yeah, when you told him I was a, a Bengals fan, he said, boy, you've been, you've been suffering through a lot of bad football. He, yeah,
2: He, he's, everybody that hears that has the same amount of sympathy for you. All right, Austin Davis on the show money. We had a lot of fun this week, and I appreciate Kelly coming in the studio with us. Uh, Kelly, until next time, Southern Miss.
1: To the top. Everybody have a great weekend. Slippin', slippin', slipping, slipping into the future and Time keeps on slippin', slippin', slipping into the future or I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea